Howdy. There we go. Good morning. My name is Austin Hornung. I'm on staff here at Anderson College, and I just want to welcome all of you guys to Grace. And so this summer, we've been studying the book of Psalms, as we mentioned a couple times. And this morning, we're going to be studying a song of thanksgiving. And again, as always, we're studying the Psalms to see what the people of God have sung to and about the Lord in the past so that we can better worship and serve him today. So if you have a Bible with you and you like to follow along, go ahead and turn to Psalm 67. Psalm 67 is where we'll be this morning. And so when I was in middle school and high school and even going into my first year of college, if you would have talked to me about you know, evangelism and sharing my faith and meeting people of other cultures and all of those things, I probably would have responded a little bit like this. Now, 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 happy birthday, right now. Yeah, it... I would have looked like that. So this is footage of me in middle school. I'm just kidding. This is some random kid I found on the internet. But um, what, we're, what we're talking about today is, is the nations and taking part of what God is doing in the nations and us being a part of what he's doing, even from here and now in a little college station. So when I say the nations, when you read the nations in the Bible, it's usually talking about Israel, and then everybody who is not Israel is the nation. So people who don't have the same access to God as the readers. So if you want to put yourself in that same mindset to kind of see what God is saying to you, to what he was saying to them, when you hear nations this morning, think more people who are from places that don't have the same access to God that you do. And so we're, we can all agree that sharing your faith or talking about missions is scary. We're all on board there. But what I want to talk about is how we can press through the fear. That we can press through and and share. And be about what God is about. Because as we'll see, this isn't just the only place in the Bible where he talks about this. The Bible is full of God talking about reaching all people and all nations. And he really wants us to be a part of it. So I don't want you to miss out on the meaning and purpose that can be offered to you by pressing through the fear. Because First John says that perfect love casts out all fear. And so this morning, the first way we can take part in what God is doing all over the world is to grow in our affection for the nations. And so I'm going to read through Psalm 67 again, and I just want you to, to listen for repeated words and just kind of see what the main idea of this psalm really is. And so Psalm 67, again, Verses 1 through 3. May God show us his favor and bless us. May he smile on us. Then those living on earth will know what you are like. All nations will know how you deliver your people. Let the nations thank you, O God. Let all the nations thank you. Let foreigners rejoice and celebrate. For you execute justice among the nations and govern the people living on earth. Let the nations thank you, O God. Let all the nations thank you. The earth yields its crops. May God, our God, bless us. May God bless us. Then all the ends of the earth will give him the honor he deserves. And so you can see that the word 
nations is in these seven verses six different times. And then all people, all places everywhere is another three times. So nine times it's talking about all people everywhere in just seven verses. And so this actually, as I said a second ago, is not the only place in the Bible this happens. And the Bible is actually has a lot of these verses. So how many, if you were to think, like how many verses in the Bible are about the nations? Just what would you think that would be? Just kind of come up with a number in your head. When I was asked that question, I think I answered like 50, maybe 100. And if you're like me, you might be surprised to find that it's more than 500 verses in the Bible on this topic. And so online, there is a chart that I found. It's kind of busy, but you can see all 66 books of the Bible and all 500 instances when the Bible talks about the nations. And the most common one, that orange one, is about the nations praising God. And so you can see Psalms on kind of the third row. It's a huge book. And it's one of the most concentrated instances of these verses. And so now I'm going to read through all 500 of these verses. I'm just kidding. We don't have time for that. But I will read through a couple that we've seen in Psalms so far. If you've been here from the beginning of the series, there's some instances in the book of Psalms. And every kind that we've read, we've done a praise psalm, a lament psalm, a narrative song. doesn't matter what it is. There have been verses about the nations. And so we did Psalm 66 first, our song of praise. And it starts out, shout out praise to God, all the earth. Lament song, we kind of think is different in praise, other end of the spectrum. Sad song ends the same way. Let all the people of the earth acknowledge the Lord and turn to him. Let all the nations worship you. And our narrative song about Joseph starts out the same way of give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, may make known his accomplishments among the nations. So the book of Psalms, really no matter what the topic is, there's these instances of the writers wanting everybody to know and experience God the way that they do. And so, like, yeah, it's, it's a song. Like Psalm 67, like the other Psalms we've studied, is a song. And so you can see that this is what people wrote a long time ago, what they prayed. It's a prayer as well as a song. And, but as a song, you can kind of see that it has a chorus. Verse 3 and verse 5, if you go back and look at the passage, are exactly the same. Kind of like repeating it, singing it again. And this is something that was sung by people for a thousand years before Jesus. And now as the church, we've picked it up for another 2,000. And when Jesus is on the scene, kind of in between, he's looking out at the crowds. And he has a very similar response to the crowds uh, as the psalmist does. He looks out at the people and he says this. Jesus said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So Jesus looks out at people and he says, we need to pray. We just need to pray that God would move and that he would send people out to these other people who don't know. And as we'll see in a second, we'll look at what Jesus says in the next verse. He kind of tends to send out the people who start praying. It's kind of the first step. So as we want to grow in affection for the nations, we want to pray for them. Because you'll, you'll realize that you, you tend to care a little bit more about the things you take the time to pray about. So if you're always praying about you, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it may indicate where a lot of your attention and care is focused. I'm guilty of that too. But what we want to do is we want to grow in affection for the nations. And so Jesus says, pray that workers would be sent out. Uh, you can also go and look up countries on Joshua Project and see kind of where they are with the gospel and pray that it would move in specific countries. 
And so that's kind of the second way. The second way we can grow in affection is to learn. You can go and you can read those 500 verses on your own. Um, And then there's some other ways that we'll talk about in a second that you can grow in learning and knowledge. For me, um, a way I really grew in affection was this experience that I had. Uh, My last year of college, I was meeting my friend Jacob for lunch. We kind of met regularly that spring semester. And we were in the MSC, and it was just so crowded. I don't know if you've ever been on there in one of those days where you, like, cannot find a seat in the MSC cafeteria. And so we, we had to go into that MSC Starbucks to try to find a place to sit down with our food. And so we ended up at this little table, and there was like two other tables crowded in. There were basically like people sitting at our table with us. And we prayed, and we ate, and we were about to leave and go off to class when the guy sitting at the table right there probably could have overheard everything we said. He, um, he asked us like, hey, uh, why did you pray before you ate? And by this point, I wasn't that scared kid in the video that we started with, I kind of knew what God was doing in the world and had learned a little bit more and wanted to be a part of it, but really hadn't taken that step. Um, but when someone asks you, why did you pray? You can either say, because I'm a Christian, and walk off, or you kind of, if you're aware of what God's doing in the world, you realize it's kind of like a slow pitch that God is kind of setting up for you to just like, we're going to share the gospel today. And so I got to do that. I got to tell him, you know, it's because, you know, God loves us so much. He does everything for us. We're thankful for everything. And it sparked a conversation. We found out he was actually a professor from the University of Babylon in Iraq. And so he was Muslim. And he was curious because he had to pray at these like six very specific times a day or else he could incur like God's judgment. It'd be bad if he missed one. And we're like, no, we're really free. We, we pray because we have a relationship with Jesus because of what he's done. And we got to explain all that to him. And we ended up meeting up with him for like the entire rest of the week because he was going home back to his family that weekend. And so we met up with him all week long. And when he left, we were able to give him a Bible. Grace had some Bibles in Arabic by chance. And so we gave him an Arabic Bible and an English Bible, and he took them home with him, and we got to talk to him later. And his daughter was reading the English one, and he'd been reading the Arabic one, and he just looked so much lighter. Kind of the the stress and the pressure was just kind of gone. And I didn't know enough then to know, like, we should have asked him to pray to receive Christ and all this. So I don't, I don't know if he took that step and made that decision, but I believe he, he, I really believe he might have, the way just he seemed so much more joyful after knowing about Jesus. And so I tell you that story because that has just, that experience just really sparked my affection for people from other cultures from all over the world and them knowing Jesus. Because who knows? If this guy from Iraq would have ever heard the gospel, if he hadn't, if we hadn't gone and accidentally sat by him. That's the craziest part for me, is that I, I didn't even initiate with him. He started the conversation with me. God just kind of set up the whole thing. And, but to be able to be ready for situations like that, I don't know how common they are, it happened to me. Um, but to be ready for those situations, we have to stir our affections and know what to do when those situations come up. So we need to grow in our affection for the nations are these people in or from other places who don't know Jesus as well as we do. And so two ways to grow in affection, pray for God to raise up workers and for lost people to know him. And then you can learn. So you can go back, read those verses. We also, as college ministry, have a devotional 
that's on the Bible app. So if you have a Bible app on your phone, it's probably this one, the Uversion one. And uh, on there, you can subscribe to devotionals. Ours is called Everyone Everywhere that we wanted for this summer. And it's a lot about, a lot of these verses that are in there are in this one because it talks about how to pray and how to share your faith and there are tools. And so this would just be a good, easy starting point to just start your morning uh, with this topic kind of brought onto your mind. And so the second way that we can be a part of what, take part in what God is doing in the nations, and the nations praising God, is we can share the gospel with the nations. And so in the Old Testament, it was a lot more, God would do these incredible things, like we sung about, he'd move mountains, the walls of Jericho would fall, and the people of Israel were just supposed to look different and draw people in. And so that's still true for us as the church. We're still supposed to live different lives, look different, and people should want to be a part of what we're doing. We don't always do great at that. But what also Jesus wants us to do in the New Testament is he wants us to step out. It's no longer a draw people in. It's a you are to go out. And so these are his parting words at the end of the book of Matthew. We assume right before he ascends into heaven. And they're probably going to be familiar words to most of you, we have them printed on the wall on main side. And if they're not familiar to you, these are words to memorize. And so it's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always. To the end of the age. So Jesus, he's, this is Jesus, resurrected Jesus, telling his people, he has all power and authority, and he uses it to send them out. And so this is, this is God's answer to the cry of the psalmist of Psalm 67. Psalm 67, he wants all people to be able to praise the Lord, to, to thank God for what he's done. And this is God's answer to that prayer, that God himself would step into our story, that he'd become one of us and live the life we could not and die the death we deserve and raise again three days later and then immediately send us all out. Because that was how he was reaching the people in that area, but he's, he's waiting on us. He's using us to reach the rest of the world. And the cool part is he ends that, I'm with you always. We are not alone in it. If you know the gospel and you've believed it, you have everything you need to share it. Because Paul will tell us that the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, permanently is in our bodies the moment we believe. And so Jesus is with us in this mission. And so here in the United States, the gospel is pretty common. You, I mean, we're in a church right now. No one, we're not worried about anyone coming in or anything because it's United States and this is all legal and fine. But that's not true everywhere in the world. So how many of you guys, show of hands, have heard of the 1040 window? Okay, it's a couple of us, a couple of us, all right. It's this part of the world. Um, I know some of you had geography a long time ago, so if you, America is over here on the left, if you need a frame of reference. Um, just kidding, I know y'all know what this is. But this is 1040 window, so it's 10 degrees latitude to 40 degrees latitude, and then boxed in by the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. And so there's some just really crazy statistics about this part of the world. And I have a slide that has them on there, but I'm going to forewarn you, uh, the statistics are kind of sad. They just are. That's just the nature of what's going on here. Um, and here, here's what people have found about this region. 
Um, it's about two-thirds of the world's population, so about 5.1 billion of Earth's 7.7 billion people live in that rectangle. And 90% of those people are unevangelized. So that's not even going into like unreached people groups and any of that. That just means that every day, 90%, 9 out of 10 people in that square have never heard the gospel and no one's actively sharing it with them. And that's heavy. That, that's just really sad. And the, what, might, what might be even crazier is that only about 5% of missionaries go to that part of the world. I found that on a couple of different websites. And there's reasons. It's a lot harder ministry there. There's it's where Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism and a lot of atheism is. And so it's difficult ministry there. But that's what leads to 90% of those people being unevangelized. And, I, and that's really sad. And, but there is hope. Because now we know. And we can take part in what God is doing to see those people know Jesus. And that they'll be singing around the throne one day. But last summer, um, I had the opportunity to lead a mission trip to a country in the window. I can't say which one because it was a closed country. You're not, you can't legally share the gospel there because um, that's just how the government is. And, but we, we have our allegiance to God before any human government. And God is very clear that he wants us to share the gospel. So that's what we did. I led a team of college students. Melissa was there with me. Sliding in the front row, so. Um, we, we went and we were student, we were, took classes, language classes, so we were on campus and we got to meet a ton of students. And we had to kind of wait to get to know them and share the gospel with them, but we were trying to do it quickly because we only had six weeks, we only had a month and a half there. And we shared the gospel a ton in that time. And we saw some fruit. There were, this is my friend. He's the one guy that I saw pray to receive Christ while we were there. There were six more that our team saw. And then with all the teams in that city, there were like 85 people that uh, came to know Jesus that summer, which was awesome because many of them had never heard the gospel before. And I'd love to tell you this story, but we don't really have time for that because what I want to transition into is kind of how it impacted me coming back. Because I, I look around and I don't, I see the world a little differently after having been in such a different culture and such a different place. It's because I know that there are people here in this town who are from these places who have likely never heard the name of Jesus. And so uh, earlier this semester, um, I, it was actually the beginning of the fall, after the big giveaway, I was out in this parking lot. I was about to leave. I drive a big red truck, so people frequently ask me to haul things. That day was no exception. Um, there is this nice family from that same country that I'd been to, and they, they saw me, and so I said hi to them, and they asked if I could carry a bed to their house, and that just kind of sparked a friendship. And so I've gotten to meet up with them and the girls, they actually are involved at stuff with Grace Kids and both of them are believers, which is awesome, but their parents aren't yet. And so I got to, my fiance and I got to share the gospel with their mom and she's still wrestling with it. But it's, it's crazy. And I, and I hope, I pray that everyone who gets the opportunity to go comes back with just a different lens to, to have our eyes opened to the people around us every day that we can share the gospel with here. And that could potentially maybe one day go and share with their family. Or the world's connected now. They can even stay here. And there's people they're connected to back there that could hear the gospel because we tell them. And so we, have, we, are, we are called to share the gospel with the nations. Um, but how are we supposed to do that um, if we're here? And so the first way is we can go. 
pretty easy. Um, it seems pretty straightforward. If, you, if we want the nations to go, we need to go. And so Grace actually has several opportunities for you to take part in this. I mean, it's summer right now. We have, for our summer trips, we have six teams, um, Greece, East Asia, North Africa, Sweden. There are there's college students just like you from Grace all over the world right now. And so go on a summer trip next summer. It's not too early to start thinking. Internships, they're already, they're already thinking recruiting this summer, so be thinking. Summer camps, that's going to be coming up. Think what you want to do. I would strongly, strongly encourage you for one of your summers in college, at least one, that you would take this, this time window. When in, when in your life will you ever have a month and a half to just go to another country and meet people? Take one summer of college at least, and don't go to summer camp. Don't take an internship for that one summer and go share the gospel with the nations. Um, if you're a junior or senior and you're like, I don't have that summer left, that's what the vision trips are for. So they're just one week in December. So go one of those and see what the Lord is doing in other countries. And maybe he'll call you to do something like Stint. Stint is a uh, two-year program. It's short-term as far as missions go. And so you get to go and meet other college students that didn't have the same access to the gospel that you did, couldn't meet in churches like you're able to right now. And you get to share the gospel with them and just take two years after graduation from college to invest in what God is doing in the world. And maybe he'll call you to go long term. And who knows how long that could be. That's between you and him. Um, But these are options and we would love to equip you um, to be able to do that if that's something that God might be putting on your heart this morning. But the reality is um, most of us in this room even if, even if you go become a missionary for, you know, 20 years, you're probably still going to spend the majority of your life in the United States. And so what we can do from here is we can welcome people. We can invite people in. College Station has a ton of international students, a lot of them from the 1040 window. The two largest countries in the world, population-wise, India and China, are in the 1040 window, and a lot of them come here for master's programs. And so we can reach out to them friend international students. If you're looking like, well, how do I meet students? Come to the big giveaway. So August 23rd and 24th, 23rd is the big party. Come and meet people. And there will be a bunch of international students here in this building, getting furniture out at Anderson Park. And you will have ample opportunities to make friends and to take part in welcoming people. Because 90% of international students never get welcomed into an American home. So how crazy would it be How sad would it be if people came from these closed countries and came to Little College Station, Texas with a hundred churches and still never heard the gospel? Alternatively, how amazing would it be if they got to come here and you welcomed them into your home and you became their friend and you shared the gospel with them and they went back and changed their country forever because of what you could do from right here. And so that's something we can all do is welcome people. And so take part in the big giveaway with us. And so the third way that we can take part in what God is doing, is we can send workers to the nations. So a lot of us, like I said, will be here. And so if we're unable, you're in school right now, you can take part in sending people who already want to go or maybe don't know about this yet. You can be a part of them going and being a part of their journey. And so Romans chapter 10, Paul says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed in? And how are they to believe in one they have not heard of? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how timely is the arrival of those who proclaim the good news. So if you kind of caught that progression, people have to be sent. That's the first step. 
sent to preach the gospel. And some people who are preached to will, hopefully they'll hear, and some that here will believe, and they believe and they'll call out on the name of the Lord and be saved. And so this is kind of the first step to be a part of sending people in, into the nations. And so some people already want to go. And they just need people on their support team to say, like, you're going, I'm going to be here, I'll send money so that you can go and do that. Most missionaries are support-raised, and that's how they are able to get there. Um, The second way is now, after this morning, after you go and look at these verses, you'll know what God's about and, like, how he wants the nations to do this. And so you can tell other people. You might have not been aware of this before walking in this morning. You might have. This is grace. We love this stuff. We talk about it a lot. So we want you to be about the nations. And so, but tell other people, let them know what you learned, mobilize them, get them excited, tell them maybe, hey, maybe this is something we want to do. And whether you go across the street or across the world to share the gospel, I'm I'm saying when, because I'm praying that it's something we're all going to do walking out of here, whether we go or whether we welcome, bring people with you, invite your friends, help them catch a vision, invite them with you to go on stint. One of our, our college women's coordinator here at Grace, she was not planning on doing missions, but then one of her friends invited her to go on stint with her. And she said, okay. And so they went to East Asia for two years and it changed so many people's lives. So when you go, bring people with you. And so we, we have to be motivated and then motivate others, kind of like this. It's like that dude Journey said, don't stop believing unless you dream stupid. Then you should get a better dream. I think that's how it goes. Get a better dream and keep going. Keep going, keep going, and keep going. Will Michael Jordan have quit? Well, he did quit. So he retired. Yeah, yes, he retired. But before that, in high school, what if he quit when he didn't make the team? He would have never made Space Jam. And I love Space Jam. Mmm, Space Jam. So we, we have to be motivated and then motivate others. That's what he's all about. He's trying to get you motivated not to quit, press on. And we got to do that for other people. So the ways that we can participate in sending workers to the nations are we can give. You can give to support a missionary. There are people, you probably might have friends who are on, going on missions or on mission right now. Uh, maybe you don't. Meet some people. They are looking for people for their support teams, and you can be a part that way. We also have something in the, during the regular semester called work projects, where if you don't have money but you have time, you can come and you can give, you can give your time, give a Saturday to work on a family's home, some project that they would pay someone else to do. And then they'll give that money for college students to go on summer missions. So you can always participate in sending people that way. The other way is to mobilize. You can share what you've learned. This morning you can share what you've learned in other talks like this before. And you can invite people to join you. And so we talked about a lot of different ways this morning. And so I'm going to give a quick recap. We'll see all six up there. It'll be a busy slide, but I just want to make sure this is a very application-heavy talk. So I want you to see all of the applications again. And so the nation's thanking God. That's, that's what Psalm 67, that's what 500-plus verses of the Bible are all about. And so we want to grow in our affection for the nations. And you can do that by praying, praying that God would raise up workers, praying for specific countries, looking at what are the names of those countries in the 1040 window, and what are the stats there, and praying for people there, um, praying for countries by name and people that pray have their affections grown and you might be someone who gets called to go. And the other way you can do is you can learn. You can just learn more. Joshua Project is a great resource. Um, we also have that devotional that you can subscribe to on version that hits on some of these topics. And you can also share the gospel 
with the nations, whether you go or whether you stay here and you welcome people in and you share the gospel with them. Come join us at the big giveaway. Uh, We have work days throughout July. If you're here in town, most of y'all will be here in town throughout July. Come help us organize and sort and get stuff ready. And then August 23rd, 24th, be a part, meet some friends. And this next year, let this next year be a time where you get to share the gospel with people who wouldn't have heard it otherwise. And then you can send people to the nations. You can give and you can mobilize. Whether that's you give time, you give money, or you can just share what you've learned and get people excited about the things of God and excited to see people know him. And so that's a lot. So I'm going to leave this up. And what we're going to do is we're going to take five minutes. And I just want you to meet someone next to you, have a conversation. And I I just like for you to tell them, you know, which of these six things is God calling you toward? Maybe it's all of them. Maybe there's just a few that are really pulling on your heart. And like, this is where I can participate. But have that conversation, say, which ways is God calling you to participate? And then with that person, have one application step. What is one step you can take this week? After you walk out of these doors, what is one thing you can do before you come back next Sunday when we're across the street and, um, and do between now and then to be a part of what God is about? So go ahead, meet a neighbor. What's one application step you can take this week and what are things God's calling you to? Well, God, we thank you for this time this morning. We pray that you would move in our lives, that we could take part in what you are already doing all over the world. So we ask this morning that your spirit would just, we'd be able to feel your presence in this place this morning as we go into one more worship song and that you would put different things in our heart. Maybe, maybe there's things we talked about. Uh, maybe there's something new that you'll put on our heart for what, what to talk about or what to, what to do, leaving these doors as we go. But God, I pray that you just encounter us in this time, that we'd be able to worship you and that um, we'd be able to do whatever applications we told, whatever things we said you'd been putting on our heart, that we'd actually be able to follow through with them walking out of here. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.